Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to another edition of Nerdificent. I am one half of your host, Danny Fernandez, and sitting across from me, as always, is Ify Wadiway. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Ify. Were you asking me or were you asking the audience collectively? Uh, you know, I was asking the royal we, uh, everyone involved, front to back, side to side, up and down, all around. Front you know. to back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you feeling? feeling Ify, you know, today was a rough day and you yeah. were along with me for it. And, yeah. uh, you know, people can keep up with my life on social media. Yeah. So I know Danny was going through hard stuff. Meanwhile, I was playing Apex Legends all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your 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 struggle was also hard. Well, you'd, you'd uh, you know, you'd be, you know, something to note is they released a new uh, hero out uh, called Octane. Who is Latinx? Uh, oh yeah, and, yeah, and he uh, he's also disabled. He has two uh, metal legs, and he runs real fast. I'm gonna um, look him up right now. Yeah, no, uh, they've been. It's it's funny because they've been effortlessly diversifying the game. Like they have Bloodhound, who is uh, non-binary. Uh, you have uh, you know uh, Gibraltar, who is a uh, you know Maori gay biker. <laughs> uh, you know, so so you know all that stuff, all that stuff that. And, and it's you mean such, people in the real world yeah, are iffy? But what's fun about it is it's such a good game that no one's uh, been complaining too much about it. I was I'm surprised. Glad. There's someone, I, I still don't know if it's a joke or not and honestly don't care, but the one white male character is this uh, guy who who drops like this toxic bombs. And so someone made a YouTube video that was like, the one white male is the toxic white male read between the lines. But it was like, <laughs> it's funny because it was like, Oh man, this is a great character if it is, but we live in a time where you just can't tell, but either, Hey, if, if you're doing a character, good job. If you're not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I wanted to introduce our guests. They are both, they are in our studio here. They're at our How Stuff Works Stuff iHeart Media studio. There we go. Podcast studio. Yeah, They're so the trying host. to figure out which is living. Yeah, is I'm How trying Stuff to figure works out what we are. Are we iHeart? Maybe I just we say should. I heart it all because. got acquired by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, that's Caitlin Durante and Jamie Loftus of Bechtelcast. Thank you for joining hey. us. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yay. Yay. We today are talking about the Bechtel test. Yeah, yeah. Y'all. I'm real excited about it. Me and Caitlin, we're matching. We both have pastel. We are wearing the exact same outfit. Yeah, yeah. I'm loving it. Can we take a picture and post it on your Instagram? Of course. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Look, uh, my Instagram, always trying to show the looks and always trying to show the friends. Two things. (laughs) I was on y'all's podcast. Were you yeah. on it? Yeah, too? I did the oh, Black yeah. Panther episode. 
lauded as one of the best episodes of their podcast. People oh, very well loved, loved episode. Yeah. That one, yes. And look, I was I you caught me at a good time. I was charged up on Black Panther energy. I was doing voices. I was reenacting <laughs> scenes. It is the most ridiculous I've been on any podcast ever. You were reenacting full scenes. <laughs> like playing every single part. <laughs> I was gonna I was on the um Laura Croft Tomb Raider episode. Yes, and another I great in, episode. Introduced the cast to women in fridges. Oh yeah. Which yeah. is Frigging. uh yeah, fridging, the term yeah. fridging and how Gail Simone came up with that whole website. If you don't know what that is, it's essentially when a female character is killed to further the plot of a male character. Uh, which is very common, and that website still exists. It's really cute because I think it still has like almost '90s ish looking software to it. I like the Space Jam website. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they did that with Captain Marvel too. They made it like '90s. Oh yeah, uh, for cute. her website. Yeah, so we are talking about the Bechdel test. Why did y'all decide that you wanted to make a podcast about this? Uh, Caitlin. Well, I suppose it was my idea, brag. <laughs> but basically, I am a huge film buff to the extent that I uh, stupidly got two different degrees in film and spent, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on an education in film. And uh, yeah, I mean, movie movies are life for me. <laughs> um, wow, Caitlin, <laughs> honestly crazy <laughs> i mean brave really I'm, really I'm, brave, I'm brave of you yeah everyone started hashtagging that <laughs> caitlin brave um <laughs> so i love movies and i wanted to talk about them and kind of reconcile the fact that a lot of my favorite movies treat women horribly uh or at least the movies that i grew up with and just had become accustomed to yeah, watching what were a lot. some of those that you discovered like oh crap i love I this mean, awful film God. not awful but like didn't Respect Did not didn't represent. have good representation of women. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, the big three were like for me it was like the like trilogies of Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, and Star Wars. Like those were like the crux of my childhood movie development. Uh, and then just any, I mean, most movies since and before those yeah. are also not great to women. So I just I wanted to kind of examine these movies more closely just any movie that has had like a big cultural impact and uh you know take a look at them and, and figure out you know maybe how much media is responsible for the patriarchy still being a thing um and so yeah we just uh i, I asked jamie if she wanted to collaborate with me on this idea and she was very down and uh, two and a half years later, here we are. Oh my gosh, two and a half years. years. Yeah, that sounds about the same as Krillinit and eventually Nerdificent. It was like, hey, you want to do this? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and I had seen, like, I have not seen a lot of, well, now I have. Yeah. When the podcast started, I had not seen, like, most of, I had also technically gone to film school. but uh, <laughs> Technically. <laughs> technically, I went, but I've majored in radio, so... I had also had a useless a booming degree. medium. Even more. <laughs> I mean, but now you're are. doing podcasts. I, mean, I heard radio. Are worth it. Thousands in debt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I, I hadn't seen most of the movies that uh, we covered. And so it was like an uh, in real time education. But I think movie. it helps to get those two different perspectives from like me who like is apologetic to a lot of these movies and then you're like oh i'm just seeing them for the first time and wow they're not good yeah <laughs> that makes sense yeah because you're watching them with like an air of nostalgia to for them. sure yeah so for people that don't know what is the bechdel test oh this is our favorite thing to explain to you. <laughs> the bechdel test uh we can get into the history of it but just like the the, the short version yeah. and the way that we use it because there's a few different like permutations of it but it's a test that is applied to media, usually movies and TV, in which uh, a, a movie that passes the Bechdel test has a scene with two female identifying characters who have names, who talk to each other about something other than a man for at least two lines of dialogue. That's our version. That's our version. There's a bunch of different versions. There's simpler ones. There's more demanding ones. But that's the one we use. Okay. Yeah. And it originally started from uh, Alison Bechdel. 
yes. right? Who wrote in a comic strip that was Dykes to watch out for the that appeared in 1985, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll have a link to the actual comic so y'all can see it. But it was essentially two women that were trying to go see a movie, <laughs> and had that same thing where they were saying, "I only go to see a movie if it satisfies three basic requirements: one, it has to have at least two women in it who talk to each other and about something other than a man." Mm-hmm. And then it ends with saying the last movie I saw was Alien. Yes. That was like that. <laughs> Which is funny because that movie barely passes the Bechdel mm-hmm. test. It is so v- Is I it mean, because they're is... talking about the alien? I think so, yeah. Or like there Protocol on the ship or something like that. vagina monster. As with every like major sci-fi movie, there is a vaginal monster because oh, yes. vaginas are scary. Monsters and scary. And <laughs> So wild. And then there's, just to give a little bit more context uh, on that, is uh, Alison Bechtel is a queer cartoonist. Uh, a lot of her work has been about, you know, her identity as a queer woman. And if you've seen Fun Home, um, which is like a very famous uh, comic book and, and musical now, that that was all her. Yeah. yeah. And um, in the, the context this test derives from, it's these two women who basically they, they've established these kind of guidelines for this test because they there's so little representation of queer women in movies that they are like, oh, well, if two women are in a movie and they're not talking about men, that kind of allows me to ship them together and pretend that I am seeing like two queer women on screen. So like that's mm-hmm. a little bit more of the uh, context that has gone largely ignored in conversations about the Bechdel test, like it's very, as it's been sort of appropriated to to more like mainstream entertainment stuff. But and and yeah, like unlike, I mean, I guess sort of like a lot of these metrics that have like come more into the conversation in the past 10 years, uh, it wasn't originally intended to be a metric. It was just like right. kind of a joke that she, oh, like, yeah. she said it was a quote, a little lesbian joke in an alternative feminist newspaper. <laughs> um, and then like 20 years after it came out, everyone's like, oh, this is, here it is. This is the rule. This is and, the hard and fast test right. for feminism. But it was, I mean, at the, at the time that it was the only thing that anyone had it's so strange right. it's, and we've found like through uh our podcast that it's definitely it's not the test by any means it's definitely flawed you can have two women in a movie talking about some really dark shit, um that doesn't test there's very often they're talking about something extremely domestic and still pretty stereotypes oh, right. yeah um, that of, makes sense yeah, if yeah. they're talking about like the new tupperware you know, e- exactly like, women in movies are always talking about either clothes mm-hmm uh, food or cooking, other domestic chores, birth, like babies, birth, <laughs> birth. <laughs> just we can't stop talking about birth. <laughs> there are of course exceptions, but we come up on this a lot. Where a movie will pass the test, and then it's like, but they right. talked about cooking. Yeah, but there's like, but that exchange was so, or it's just like an exchange that's so like, whoosh, just like, hey, what's up? Nothing, and then they're like, wow, it's a feminist text. We did it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Alison Bechtel also credited the idea to her friend Liz Wallace and the writings of Virginia Woolf. Mm-hmm. Um, after the test became more widely discussed in the 2000s, a number of variants, like y'all were saying, came out that we will also get into. So in her 1929 essay, A Room of One's Own, Virginia Woolf observed about the literature of her time with the Be- what a- equivalent would be of the Bechtel test back then, mm-hmm. that essentially it was largely... The same thing, largely male. I mean, also, who was who's writing most of these roles? Yeah. Right. You know, like that for because uh, a study of gender portrayals in 855 of the most financially successful U.S. films ranging from 1950 to 2006. And they did another study after that. Mm-hmm. But during that range showed that there were on average two male characters for each female character, mm-hmm. a ratio that has remained stable over time. Female characters were portrayed as being involved in sex twice as often as male characters, and their proportion of scenes with explicit sexual content increased over time. Have you all seen that as you've had to watch all the... Because you watch like a movie a week for your yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think we do. It's We rarely cover movies that didn't come out post-1970-ish. We've only done a few older okay. movies. But you can see, I mean, we. I always. I feel like I always get harsh feedback every time I'm, like, really critical of 80s movies. But I think that that is, like, the 80s and 90s, it's sort of at 
problematic peak mm-hmm. um, for for <laughs> stuff like that. I've found. I don't. What do you think? I mean, yeah, it, it depends on the filmmaker, and it depends on a few different things. But yeah, there's a whole swath of very problematic movies from those eras and from before and from yesterday. So right, <laughs> it's just right. an ongoing trend. And the more we watch, I mean, yeah, we definitely we're noticing a lot of trends. We're noticing a lot of tropes in terms of how women are represented and treated. I mean, the ones that you listed, there's also, you know, so few women of color mm-hmm. in movie in mainstream movies or so you few queer, queer women. women. Uh, so if you, you know, women with disabilities, any, any group that's marginalized, it is rare to see them represented. And when they're represented, it's always in very specific tropey ways. Usually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, This was a conversation that I tried to have on Twitter as civilly as possible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Those two words don't belong in a sentence. (laughs) You know, people, people really, okay. Because the whole thing with Netflix and Steven Spielberg trying to basically discredit some of the films that were on there, including Roma, which won an Academy Award. Mm -hmm. So... My argument about Netflix, which also just canceled one day at a time, so not great. This My argument was yeah. before that happened, but which was a great representation of both women of color and the queer community and veterans, to be honest. Um, but my issue is that a lot of people are like, oh, Netflix doesn't care about about real cinema. And if you did, you would have films from the 50s. You know, you only have these current films. I'm like, yeah, but... Okay, those films from the 50s didn't really include us at all, (laughs) you know? I'm like, they weren't so great for women of color, people of color in general. So the fact that there's such a wealth of of filmmakers of color and specifically women of color that are in in a lot of these Netflix films, to me it's like... I understand what you're saying, but also it is giving a a more diverse platform for people that didn't previously have it. And also we are still considered real film like to me when you say that when you say oh they don't have real films what you're saying is oh these films of these people that don't look like me and these stories I don't care about that's why it's not real and your 1950s film is real cinema and to me it's like no that there's a clear like there's a clear issue of why you're saying that that you don't you don't care about our stories as much or you don't care about you know these these filmmakers well I feel like anytime you put real in front of like as a descriptor in front of any subject it's usually followed by some BS like real women have curls real, real fans. men don't cry real blank you know <laughs> like it, it it's it's a nothing term and it's something used to be elitist you know and because usually when the person is using real blankety blank 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 it usually means the latter so it's like real films no a real film is any film made work put into it because if if you've ever tried to shoot anything not even necessarily a film you know how much of a labor of love and collaboration it is so to for anyone you know to discredit anything because they think it's cool and edgy because it's in black and white you know what i'm saying like like clerks did it in black and white and they didn't have to be in the 50s (laughs) i think also we're not i mean when you look at the amount of people who are are allowed to have theatrical releases because that's essentially what he was saying is, oh no, the film should have to have a theatrical release. Well, think about who gets that type of funding and think about the stories that don't get that funding. Yeah. You know, in the studio and the, and it's nice that we're able, so many eyes on Netflix are able to see our stories and are able to see the work of these filmmakers. And it's unfortunate. Of course they want to have theatrical releases. It doesn't mean the studio is going to help them with that. Yeah. I think what it all comes down to is it's just that old head mentality, which is all funny because as I explained it, there's still going to be, some like light eye rolly stuff because like I feel like a lot of old head mentality is this idea that now it's becoming easier to do what I worked hard to do. And the reason that's eye rolly is because especially a lot of creative spaces, uh, you know, the reason you're right. The reason there are a lot of these issues are because it's primarily di- dominated by white men. Uh, specifically older white men who have been in the game for longer. And the reason they've been in the game for longer is because they've had this ability to. Like, whenever I hear, like, a story of this filmmaker who had a camera at, like, three and he always shot. It's like, <laughs> I, my, my dad would never let me touch a camera because we didn't have the money to right. burn on me wasting the family camera. It, it, like, I didn't... I, so you have, and, and then also I was talking about this a little bit in the esports uh, episode, and I think it's kind of the same, the the same kind of symptom of it, where it's like there all these risks, like to, for me to pursue my career, it was it caused like a real huge 
big blow up in my family for me to, you know, my dad comes here from Nigeria and he wants me to be something that is guaranteed to make money like a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or a pharmacist. You know, I, mm-hmm. I used to want to draw and I got talked out of going to college for art because he said there's no money in that. So when you think of that mentality from parents who and usually families uh from poverty like even you know even like some white families and then you add like a layer to it where like say you are a person of color or if you are a female and and, or a woman uh you know sorry it's a black thing and i have to move it out (laughs) my vernacular uh if you're a woman and you're like expected to like especially like a lot of immigrant families are like you when you're a woman, it's like you have to make yourself presentable for a husband. You need to, you can't intimidate them. So like me trying to go into this field that is like, yeah, I, I could be in this for 30 years and nothing happens. Luckily for me, things have been happening and my dad has been able to sigh release and now he's bragging as if I did get a doctorate. <laughs> but, but that's what, you know, people of color and women are usually facing, whereas like, cause I don't have anyone to point to and hopefully right. now, you know, you know, even on my stream, you know, he means it jokingly, but hopefully, like, you know, someone, he's like, he's like, you know, I can show you, like, um, this guy, Draco, he's, he's Nigerian, he's in the UK, and he's like, I can show my mom that you have dreads, and, and she'll let me get dreads, because that's really how it works, that's, you know, when you can point to a Steven Spielberg, a Peter Jackson, uh, any name, any one of them, and be like, look, that's who I want to be, and your parents are like, oh yeah, you know, you are a young white kid, and yeah, you, you, you look you, like yeah, that, yeah, so you'll, be, you'll become that, yeah, but if, if I'm like, you know, I'm like, Hey, I I want to be like Steven Spielberg, Peter Jackson. There's all this baggage where my dad's like, "Well, no, you're not like them. You you yeah. you, you got to go. You got to do the lawyer." And then you add even more compound. That's from an immigrant perspective, where like some people who grew up in the hood and think the only way out is basketball, sports, or 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 uh, rapping. Those, those those are the only two options. So of course, yeah, this is going to be dominated by this. And then you add in the effects of like, okay, you got like college you know bond so you got like emerson mafia if you wrote for the uh whatchamacallit the you know what i'm talking about harvard but what's the comedy thing over there that's real big oh the The national lampoon Lampoon. yeah you write for the lampoon you have all these connections and you have this expectation where you have these 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 like ivy league folks in these rooms um showrunners who who think that oh i'm good because i went to a ivy league school and not necessarily because they're funny and they may have a person of color or a woman in front of them who is genuinely funny but they're like well they didn't go to emerson they didn't go to an ivy league school they didn't write for the national lampoon and that's my like bar for comedy when it's like oh no it's this whole funny thing like that's you know and it and it gets even more insulting i'm doing a tangent rant again but it gets even more (laughs) insulting when you see like how often people pluck from black Twitter memes and pluck from the things that we are saying and use it in their BS and then uh, and then still have the gall to not want to hire black people for some BS bar that we can't reach because even then Ivy League have a hard time letting in black people and I and when I say black people I mean black people Africans get in higher on average just so they can say they're letting in black people but they're letting in Africans and there goes a whole nother baggage that I can un- but anyway to <laughs> reel it all in that is that i don't barely scratch the surface of the baggage but that's what is up against all of people of color and women and that type of stuff isn't carried and that's generally what people talk about just in case someone needs to hear this when they mean privilege that doesn't mean that you didn't have a hard life that doesn't mean that you may not have been poor but if you were poor and white you still have a better chance of getting at harvard than a poor and black person it's just simple facts and there's data to back that up mm-hmm. affirmative action helped no one but white women straight up and it's and it's and that's just why it, it uh, let's just stick to the back of the test. <laughs> but i yeah. would say to go to end that point is essentially that is what studios are more willing to take a risk on they're less yeah. willing to take a risk on filmmakers of color and they're less willing to take a risk on stories from people of color and that has been shown throughout these decades and even now which is a conversation that we've had on the last couple of podcasts we're still dealing with that so all I wanted to say is when people are like oh you don't have real film 
you know, because it's we don't have film from the 1950s. It's not that I'm saying that you can't watch those. I'm just saying that you're invalidating the current landscape yeah. of what they have on there that is hard-hitting stuff from people of color. And that's the thing. You can like what you like, but don't try and uh, nag or knock down something someone else likes to uh, try and prop up the thing you like. And, and what does, just... like, Steven Spielberg gain by saying something? Like, what is he losing out on by making that criticism? I just, like, it, it just seems so empty to do well, in the it, first place. It's just the, the old head thing. It's that yeah. idea of, like, it's so easy when I worked so hard. When you you should be happy about it. You, you, you it, it's, it's a very much like crabs in the barrel. Like I made it, and everyone should, should that. It, that's what separated the cream from the crop. And it was like, no, there was a lot of other stuff that separated, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even the cream of the crop. It was the cream of the who had the most uh, known father or uncle or somebody who can give them a leg up. It's, it's as simple as that. We all know it. It's all part of it. Nepotism is part of it, and and that's not, and this always will be a part of it because, like I said, there's a very collaborative scene so even even everyone in this room is probably going to hire someone who is their friend or homie but then that just means the onus is if you see a hole or a blind spot in the people you're hiring maybe hire one less homie and put someone on who you think deserves it i'm (laughs) fritzing out but i want to end on a positive note before i know danny's about to take us to break because i i don't like to be so like negative in, in the industry I am without like shining light on some positivity. And I will say, and Danny's real good about this because of that, there are a lot of dope programs to highlight and shine women and people of color to get them at that point. Danny is real good about posting when all of these are entering in. So don't listen to this and, and think that I don't have a chance with all that that whole diatribe. If you do have a chance and they are working to fix it. It's a long problem to fix when you have to fix so many stems and loops and all that. But there is a shot. And I think if you want it bad enough, even with nothing, you know, really in front of you, just go for it, you know, just make a safe thing. Make sure you don't kill yourself doing it, but just uh, go for it. Never let anything stop you from doing what you believe you are set out in this world to do. Ify, thank you for that. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to save that and listen to it whenever I feel like giving up. Um, (laughs) I do post on my, if you follow me on Twitter, I do post, I try to post as often as possible for different writers and creators of color when they're accepting submissions for things. Uh, We do have to take an ad break. We will be right back to talk more about the Bechdel test. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix 
hidden errors. So you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. And we're back, still joined by Caitlin and Jamie. And I wanted to ask y'all about some of the films that were surprising that didn't pass the Bechdel test. Oh, okay. Uh, let me pull up our list. There's, I, I'm never surprised when a movie does not pass the Bechdel test. I mean, sometimes they're like, <laughs> seem to be marketed specifically for women, right? And there, even sure. some of those don't pass it. I think the most famous example of that that we get, we haven't covered it on the show, but it comes up all the time, is I think it's like a 19, late 1930s movie called The Women that has <laughs> an all-female cast. It's like 10 women. You do not... Like you famously, and the way it was marketed, it's like, it was like, you don't see a man on screen the whole time. And that is true. You, it does not pass the back test because they're wow. only talking, they talk to each other, but it's always about men. It's always about a guy, and it's Who always about a man, man named Steve. <laughs> They're talking about Steve the whole movie. It's Do you know crazy. who wrote that movie? I don't. Let me. Okay. The Women. Oh, 1939. Okay. Written by. Oh, it was written by. It was written by two women. Oh, really? So really, uh, really. Uh, <laughs> Good job. No, no way to. No way around it. No. Well, the thing is for Big me, I, I, I tend to not remember unless it's like it very handily passes or it is very clear that the movie would not pass because it only has one woman in the entire movie mm-hmm. see raiders of the lost ark see you know a new hope that kind of thing yeah. um i tend not to really remember if a movie passes the bechdel test or not just because it's a metric that is a useful metric for a starting off point to talk about representation of women in movies but that's pretty much all we use it for is just like okay this initiates a larger conversation that we can talk about a whole slew of other things. So whether or not a movie passes, Jamie, as you said, like um, like The Room, that famously horrible, horrible movie, passes I the Bechdel pass, test. Yeah. But like it's still such a piece of shit and, it, you know, it's fun to watch. But, you know, it doesn't mean anything that that movie passes. And then I think like we determine chart here. Uh, our, our fans are very studious. I love it. <laughs> and they make one they that, update their chart. I would say one that I found surprising was You've Got Mail because it's a rom-com. Yeah. You I would think, think like if movies that are like made right for women in theory. Mm-hmm. And that was came out like what, two decades ago. So, yeah. Yeah. Some, you think they talk about, you know, AOL. well, I think. She- <laughs> Well, no, I think she, I think it's probably in her book, in the scenes in the bookstore, you know, when she because she's talking about her mom and she's talking about, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's right. probably how it passed it. The whole uh, Lord yeah. of the Rings trilogy does not pass the Bechdel test. Not one of it's a 10 hour. <laughs> it doesn't pass. It's crazy. It has oh, every no. opportunity and it doesn't. Uh, and then another one we did recently that I thought, I guess, sort of for the same reason uh, you were saying, Danny, about You've got mail is 500 days of summer doesn't pass the Bechtel test. Um, Wait, were you saying that you've got mail does pass? It does pass. Yeah, it does does pass. pass. That's why I was saying I find that surprising because it's a rom-com. You think like, you know, because she has a male partner that she was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, rom-coms often don't pass. I think we Mm -hmm. did. We did an episode about we haven't done um, You've Got Mail yet, but we did do When Harry Met Sally and and Sleepless in Seattle. And. There are most of those. There might be like a very quick conversation that just happens to not be about men, but often in rom coms. I mean, there's it's 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 interesting because like there are certain genres that almost never pass. Like action movies, like often do not pass because there's usually one woman and she's the love interest. She gets yeah. captured. She has to be saved. Like she doesn't. Everyone's talk to any like, other oh women. my god, she can kick. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even if she's thing. allowed to fight, usually well, women aren't yeah. even allowed to fight. No, yeah. usually they the just action fight. movie they're in. Or if you're in Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark, your only weapon can be like a domestic item, like a frying pan. Or in Halloween, it's like all domestic items that that are weapons and yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! Well, this is such an interesting statistic. So, um, Voctiv's uh, authors found that films from 2013 that passed the test earned a total of 
4.22 billion in the US while those that failed earned only 2.66 billion hmm. saying that Hollywood makes more money by having more women on screen which hello we've been seeing that you know as yeah, of the like last the several <laughs> yeah it's kind of interesting that you might be able to capture that whole other demographic of our population <laughs> you know we make up half or more than half of the population yeah i mean it's i mean hopefully people will continue to re- i mean the past 3 years has there's been an increase in diversity almost across the board. And it's like, can we, for the love of God, keep that going? There's, it's not, it's like, it's good business to do. Like there's no reason except being a bigoted asshole to not do that. Like people want to see these stories and people will pay to see these stories. So make it happen. Stop making the same boring movie over and over and over. Right. There's a couple of other tests. It looks like that have come up. There's GLAD's. Uh, which is Studio Responsibility Index. So that has to do with queer characters. So essentially their criteria is um, the film contains a character that is identifiably lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender. The character must not be solely or predominantly defined by their sexual orientation. We see that so much. It's like, <gasps> or gender I'm identity. gay. Yeah. That's my personality. <laughs> yep. Um, that's who I am. That's my character trait is that I'm gay. That's it. Mm. Um, I see that also, I don't know if there's a, if there's a marker for this one, but for plus size women, it's normally I'm fat. That's it. That's my character. And I remember people like tweeting, Hey, you know, the fat girl, you can like actually give her a storyline and other things. Right. She's almost always like the butt of jokes rather than like a fully realized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The the test you were just talking about is uh, the Vito Russo test. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. And yeah, and I, the, I think the third caveat of that is that that character, if they were removed from the story, it would have like significant impact on the plot. So basically, like their integration into the story uh, needs to be so important that removing them would affect how the story plays out. Um, yeah. So few movies that we've done on the podcast that I've seen in general pass the Vito Russo test, which is very upsetting. Um, but yeah, there's that one. Um, there's uh, another one that I like is uh, the weight test, which the rules of it are uh, movie passes if there's a black woman in the work who's in a position of power and she's in a healthy relationship. Um, of the top 50 movies of 2016, five movies passed that very simple metric. Um, there there was a project that 538 did at the, I think it was at the end of 20, oh, at the end of 2017, where they invited women of, you know, like every every type of woman you could think of to make up their own metrics. Um, and there were uh, more there were more intersectional tests. There were tests that focused for behind the camera, which is, I think, something that we don't get a chance to look at a lot in our show. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. like it's one thing to have. Um, I mean, there's so many movies we've covered where we're like, oh, cool, a female protagonist. Like, I think uh, Carrie is a movie that we covered that it's like, okay, you have a a movie that is about women, but so much of it is uncanny valley because everyone behind the camera is a man. Mm -hmm. So it's like a man writing a woman's story. And so you're like, the story doesn't make sense. Um, (laughs) And I don't know. uh, Everyone, everyone check it out. There's, I think, like 30 or 40 different positive tests. Here's something I want to butt in with, too, because I know, you know, whenever you have these conversations, there's this like weird like so there shouldn't be any movies about white men and it's like no that's not the case Uh, i just wanted to just drop a number to kind of help you realize how this actually isn't a huge impact and you still can have your cake and eat it with us representing other people and still making movies about white men because look i love ryan gosling you put him in anything i'm there he is my favorite white dude i'm sorry i'm gonna see that's him every me for time. zach efron yeah, yeah. i will see every oh, zach oh my gosh. Yeah. but there are a total of 2,577 films produced each year on average around the world so yeah, <laughs> they, I, I feel like you wouldn't really know the difference if you sprinkled it in, especially I want everyone to take two seconds to try and remember every movie you saw last year and see if they see which ones you even remember. We see so many movies and there are, are only ones that stick with us. And I think that's OK, because that's how stories work. We're going to see a lot of stories and certain stories are going to impact us and hold uh, a place within us. Paddington. So, mm, <laughs> I still have yet to see any. I of know. The Paddington. Yeah. Oh, my God. So so I think it really wouldn't make a difference if, if, if every week one movie, only one 
Not even asking a lot. I, I want more, but I'm just saying in this hypothetical, if every year one movie is is featuring just solely uh, underrepresented characters and actors and people, that would not even impact the the movie scene right. in a big way. You wouldn't yeah. even notice. <laughs> so so that's that's all we. And once again, a lot of the things because you know we uh, which which I forget which episode we were talking about, but we were talking about like you know white men writing you know people of color and women and this and you know i i was contacted by you know two different people who who were who were writers and were concerned about like well can i not write i was like no what we're saying is there's a difference when it's handled by certain people and actually it's it wouldn't be a problem if the people representing being represented were able to write their own stories. We just want everybody to write. But when someone's taking the center stage and getting to tell all the stories, right, right, when, they're right. getting, when they're getting all the chips in the bowl and the salsa and we're, we're stuck with the crumbs, then we're going to look at your chips in all your hand and be like, Hey, <laughs> but if everybody's getting chips, everyone's happy. And that's, that's what it is. It's more equity than anything. Right. Mm-hmm. We talked about this on the um, episode we did on The Beguiled, which was that uh, Sofia Coppola oh remake of that. So, uh, so sh- I almost forgot about and, it. <laughs> I was like, what was that? Just a, a wretched movie. But um, <laughs> it's, it's an adaptation. She remade a movie that Clint Eastwood was in from, I think, the 70s. And that was an adaptation from a novel. Um, and basically, she erases all of the people of color in the book. So it's only white women in this, in this story. She, yeah. there was, there was a, a character who was a slave cause it takes place during the civil war, but that character gets erased. And then when asked about it, mm-hmm. Coppola she, was like, Oh, well I didn't think I would be qualified to write that character. So oh. I just took her out. So I and just it's like, erased oh. her completely. <laughs> oh, instead of hiring someone. Right. Collaborating with yeah. someone. I thought I had an, I thought like I saw a couple of people commenting on this and I thought it was also because then it would make her white female protagonist harder to root for if they had slaves. It's like, well then you need to write a better, <laughs> then don't do then this don't movie. Make that movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it's as simple as that. Yeah. It wasn't a good movie to begin with. Like yeah. don't. <laughs> it was not, it was also this the I never saw it I mean not to come down too hard on the nepotism scale but like that was on that same press tour Sofia Coppola was like what am the Bechtel test I was just like <laughs> I just I sure come fem- on our podcast feminist hero <laughs> right you know it's I mean everyone uh, yeah that movie was trash <laughs> did you want to go over the Mako Mori sure yes okay. this is another so... interesting one this originates from the the film the masterpiece Pacific Rim and the Makomori test requires that there must be at least one prominent female character in the movie uh, who has her own narrative arc and which is not about supporting a man's story. Right. So it's those three conditions. It's named after the character in the movie whose name is Makomori. Who do, who do, whose arc does pass that test and she has... I mean, she has like her own story. I my main criticism of that movie is that, in spite of the fact that she's given her own storyline and it's satisfying and it's not dependent on a man, she is launched out of the climax of that movie, which made me gasp. Yeah, when I saw she it, she doesn't I was get like, to participate. Oh, they are putting her in a pod, and she can't be at the end of the movie. And then at the end, she's bobbing at the top of the movie. It's just ridiculous but mm-hmm. that didn't you say it from. also didn't pass the Bechdel test that movie, that movie no. okay. I don't think did yeah yeah um there's also the uh Duvernay test mm-hmm. yeah um which is says that characters who are people of color have fully realized lives rather than serving as the scenery in white stories mm-hmm. which is something that we do see a lot in the movies that we cover on the podcast where there might be one person of color uh, who's the best friend of the protagonist, mm-hmm. but they don't have their own narrative arc. They only exist to basically serve as scenery. I feel like that's every 90s movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, I do. I feel like that's every, it was like, you know, the black friend, the Latina friend, you know, and it was like, oh, it's the sassy one. Right. You know, and then they normally die or get killed. Like, I'm thinking of scary movies, but they, <laughs> you know. Or in rom-coms, it's like they never get a fully realized right. story of their own. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds uh, me of, sorry, I was going to say that reminds me of Dave Chappelle showed up randomly in a You've Got Mail. Oh, also <laughs> and just in, disappeared. Watch it. also in A Star is Born, there. he just shows up yeah. randomly. It's like, Dave Chappelle, why are you in this movie? And then by the time you get the chance to ask that question, he's gone. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you doing? Why you keep drinking? Your brother told you you were drunk. I, ah. 
And then I he's loved like, him oh. in it, but I just was like, wait, he shows up and then he never comes back. You know, back. that's I what think. I want for the twilight of my career is just to show up in movie. Like he's just been showing up. Like he showed up at the Emmys. He showed up at the Oscars. That, that's, that's where I need my career to land. Yeah, that sounds nice. That sounds nice. So then there's the Riz test. Uh, uh, named after Riz Ahmed. Uh, Hot. <laughs> That's your commentary. If there's an identical Muslim character based on either their ethnicity, their clothing, or language they speak, do they talk about or are the victim of a perpetrator of Islamist terrorism? Are they shown as being irrationally angry? Is the character anti-modern, culturally backwards, or superstitious? Do they get presented as a threat to the Western way of life? And when it comes to the gender of the Muslim character, is the male character presented as being misogynistic? Does a female character get presented as someone who is oppressed by males? Mm. Which, which it seems like all these tests are like, are you doing the stereotype? You know, like, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> just so, don't adhere to stereotypes. Because, yes. yeah, I imagine people listening like, oh, my gosh, we have to do all of these tests. And it's like, no, it's just if you have a person of color, if you have, you know, if you have a woman, if you have these, which you should, but like actually make them real characters and not just side characters and not just stereotypes. Well, my new answer is like, if you're a good writer, you have nothing to worry about. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, as, as I've been just writing more and more, you go back and like there there are like blind spots like I was thinking about this episode today and uh you know in one of my pilots I was like damn there's like two women uh actually three but they all are so disjointed that they literally can't pass the Bechtel test because they don't have any scenes together mm-hmm. so then you you have to wonder you know I I've eventually came to terms that it kind of served the story I was telling but but like and I think that's an important thing too where it's like that's something to have in my head and say, you know, <laughs> you know, this gets picked up to a series, baby, you know, like then I have to make an uh, honest effort to rectify that and make sure, you know, we are getting scenes with women, adding more women. I think uh, so like in the case of, you know, white women, uh, you know, we had a we write stuff for ourselves and we're mm-hmm. six black dudes. So we make sure that, you know, when we write something that we are including women and, you know, it's funny looking at our old stuff because some of our old stuff, we're like, ah, we failed y'all uh, <laughs> <laughs> simply put. Uh, but we're like, you know, going forward, we need to be more aware of that mm-hmm. because you know, you got six men locked in there and what can you do to adhere it? And I think it's literally that simple. And like, sometimes if you're like, if the story is so important that it serves this, you know, then yeah, then you just go forward with that in your mind and be considerate of that and considerate of just the women you do have in your story. How are they, how are they communicating with people? How are they being portrayed? And, yeah. Yeah. And that's really all you need to think about. Like I, uh, I was had one show concept that had, uh, you know, an, an Asian uh, woman in it uh, who like had the, the like tiger mom type thing. And I like, called up a friend i uh i don't think she's been on the cast yet jenny yang and i like walked through the beats of the character Mm -hmm. just to make sure like i'm not doing anything offensive Mm -hmm. and and we hashed it and it was something great and obviously if that show got picked up it's like you're in the room but like you know right now when it's just me the writer you have to do your due diligence and those are examples of ways that you can represent uh, people appropriately talk to have them read it you know mm-hmm. if you if you have black people in your story and you're wondering like oh is this going to be offensive find a black friend send it to them and have them read it they'll tell you straight it's up it's as easy as that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so frustrating like and i like when a writer is like oh i'm too anxious to try to represent people that aren't exactly me that's like what perpetuates this problem every single time just also i'm just going to go out and say you're not a good writer if you don't want to do that yeah if, if you're limiting your if you're putting training wheels on your scripts because you're afraid of messing up you're not a good writer because you're supposed to be challenging yourself and right yeah. like what we said like if you have queer characters that shouldn't be their whole that's why if he's saying like you're not a good writer that shouldn't be their whole thing is that they're queer that's right. just a part of who they are but it's not their whole personality that's right. not a so, fleshed out character yeah that's right. not a fleshed out character it's just queer so um, on that we have to take a quick break <laughs> and we will be right back to talk more about the Bechtel test Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 
24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. And we're back. I was going to say, I don't know if we have a Latinx one, but I think if we did, I would want it. it, it are they superstitious? Do they have a decal of Virgin Mary on the back of their car? Do they at some point say, ay, Dios mío? Yeah. <laughs> That's in so many. Sc- when I was at IO in their screenwriting class, I was like, please stop writing us. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't all say that. Well, this is your opportunity to, to make up a yeah. test. Yeah, yeah. See, so I already made your community. Fernandez yeah. test. <laughs> I'm at the iffy test, the iffy test for, you know, movies featured in Nigerian. Am I in it? It fails. You, you need to have to the movie or you're, you're, you're a racist. <laughs> Um, so I think those were the main tests that I could find. There's a couple um, other. If you, oh no, if, please if go ahead. Yeah, to, sure. there's something called the sexy lamp test. Oh gosh, yes. you told me this and it was terrifying. <laughs> and isn't that based around a Christmas story? Uh, yes, Christmas story? it's the the Christmas story that has the um the late woman's leg as like the base of a lamp. Yeah. Um. So basically, if you can replace your female character with that sexy lamp in your story. <laughs> And the story still basically works, then that movie fails. Were there ones that they tried to do that with? I mean, I would say like, are they saying a Christmas story is that movie you could replace them or no? No, not so much. They're they're just borrowing that sexy leg lamp from that movie. But I would, I would say that like apply the sexy lamp test to a lot of like Bond films. Mm. I bet those would fail. Like anyone that there's just like a token woman who is like. The male hero's, like, you know, girlfriend back home that he has to, like, have sex with once and then, like, she or misses like, him. Or, or, like, a woman who's there to, like, give one piece of information and then disappear. Like, Yeah. It could have been from the lamp. Yeah. <laughs> the talking <laughs> lamp. Uh, Would um, you count Lars in the real girl? <laughs> ooh, oh, my gosh. That's, that's an interesting Well, one. do you count? We had this, we had this conversation before we started recording, I think, about Solo, about the robot. Do you count? Like, do those, do female characters that aren't human count? I, I would I yeah. would say so. Okay. Yeah, if they are, if they seem to identify as female in some way. And I would also extend, like, so that we're not being so rigid with, like, gender, if they are, like, non-binary if there's a non-binary character who talks to a woman or another non-binary character like 
I would, and if they're not talking about a man, I would say that, that passes, passes the back. Okay. Yeah. So there's okay. like, yeah, we don't, we don't want to like, you know, place these rigid restrictions on anything like that. But yeah. And then there's just know, like, are men not talking the whole <laughs> yeah. movie? Like or that's being talked about. <laughs> right. Right. Or the subject of every conversation. Yeah. Um, another one I like, uh, this, this is like a more specific version of the behind the camera stuff is the Reese Davies test by Kate Reese Davies. A movie passes if every department uh, has two or more women, uh, which is not which which is something that doesn't happen very much. Only about a third of movies pass mm-hmm. this test because there is such a disproportionate representation uh, uh, behind the camera as well, which is something that I want to be better on our show about, like paying attention to. Of like right. it's so rare to see female composers, female editors, mm-hmm. female cinematographers, cinematographers um, where it's usually where I we're talking about directors, writers, and talent. But there's like there's so many things that like when a movie is edited by a woman, they're probably going to edit out the the shot where you know probably the male cinematographer is like, has a lingering male yeah, gaze whole... shot of a woman in a swimsuit. Exactly. <laughs> so, right. So like, yeah. Um, there's another one that is, uh, I think lesser known because it's, it's newer, but it's called the Kent test. It's from, um, Clarkisha Kent and it's, there are many different components to it. So I'll just name kind of the main one, but it determines whether a film, uh, or other piece of media has provided the audience with adequate representation of, uh, women or femmes of color. And then it has all these different, like, criteria by which you can like basically it's like i think 12 different things and if it scores higher than like a six or an eight or so, some number then it's like oh it's doing pretty well mm-hmm. uh, a lot of movies don't fare very well on this test i was gonna say for iffy for your episode of black panther i'm assuming that that passed the bechdel test right yeah, yeah, yeah. and sure i love the fact that ryan coogler had rachel morrison who's his dp and has worked with him on fruitvale station and on black panther so that was that was a huge thing that like, that was pretty cool that he had a woman behind the scenes um as one of the head people of his crew yeah yep yeah, yeah, and then I was pointing—I was pointing this out to you the other day—that George Miller, who made uh, *Mad Max*, his wife edited it, and he there's this quote where his wife was like, "Why do you want me to edit this movie?" It was like, "Because if I have a man edit it, it's gonna look like every other action movie," <laughs> and that—that's true. Like one of the benefits you get from having an underrepresented piece to your film is you're getting a different perspective. I mean, in a good writer's room that's why you want different perspective i was in probably one of the most diverse writing room a few weeks ago and you know we had you know me uh you know uh, the showrunner was indian you had uh we had like two women to two men who were writing uh and and it was just interesting to like you know have you just hear different things to the way people say like you know it's it's all it's very interesting to to have just the one line that i always like to hear in those situations is uh you know when someone would speak up and goes oh a woman wouldn't say that you know like his because oh yeah because right. i just even from my perspective whenever you see like a black person written by a white person you're like no black person in their life would ever say that you know even just i think we were saying that uh a few episodes ago just even the relationship to the police you know like you black people have a different relationship to the police black people have a different relationship to food family eating there's a different dynamic in one parent two parent households how they look at wealth how they look at fame there's it's just a whole different worldview so without someone in there to check you and be like oh that would be whack and this is why and i can like totally break down why that mm-hmm. person wouldn't say that yeah you know it, it it really does help you give that film that extra oomph and if you just pay attention to what people say when films nail it on twitter i don't see why no not everyone does it you know right mm-hmm. <laughs> what were some of the films since we're closing up here what are some great films if someone wanted to check out that do pass the bechdel test that you guys really love uh well you ju- you just did your captain marvel episode mm-hmm. yeah uh that handily passes if we're mm-hmm. talking about recent movies that pass uh the bechdel test oh i mean we always talk about moana uh, oh, so as good. just like kind of the the golden standard 
of all movies. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any? Salmon uh, Louise is one of my faves mm-hmm. that uh, you know passes handily. And Bend is... It Like Beckham is oh, a yeah. movie we covered semi recently that uh, that does really well with representing a lot of different types of female relationships where there's relationships between women of different uh, generations of different races of different um, like income levels there's there's a lot of different types and and that's something that I think is a blind spot of I mean of the many blind spots of the Bechdel test too it takes it doesn't take into account what type of woman are you seeing on oh screen. right yeah um, because there's a kajillion times. Funnily, funnily, is that a word? I'm going to make it one. (laughs) Funnily enough, um, Netflix tweeted that out on International Women's Day and Mm. they were just like, when taking positive representation, this is what they tweeted from at Netflix film. When taking positive representation for women, we need to be critical of what good representation looks like, not just for white women, but for women of color too. Here are some films to watch on International Women's Day that not only pass the Bechdel test, but the DuVernay test too. Oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. So, what and then people. The t- oh, um, let's see Roma, Crouching mm-hmm. Tiger, Hidden Dragon, oh. uh, The Breaker Uppers, High Flying Bird. To All the Boys I've Loved Before. A lot of people Ooh, love that. Yeah. Uh, Wrinkle in Time. Um, people got, you know, kind of threw some shade at them by tweeting back at them their senior leadership team, which is all white men. Um, no and so what I – no, but I think for me, I tweeted something like, we are aware of the problems. You know, there's so many issues. We're aware of who runs the studios. We're aware of, you know, even when it comes to Netflix – I think Netflix is more has been more willing to take risks and giving a platform to these voices than say other studios. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I'm a win for it, but it's not flawless. None of these are. Yeah. None of them are. Sure. So um, and but, this progress, it's yes. slow. It's yeah. it's going to take time. It's going to take time for there to be you know mo- more diverse like you know studio execs and. And direct everyone through every step of the process. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just kind of waiting it out and contributing to the diversity if you are, you know, a writer, a young writer. Yeah. And not a straight cis white man. (laughs) Yeah. I think that uh, wraps everything up. Unless you had something iffy. Oh, no. Uh, The only thing I have is where can people find you? (gasps) Wow. You can follow our podcast and listen to it on all the places that you would find a podcast. Anywhere where you get your podcast. What's your favorite podcasting app? Look us up on that. We're probably on it. (laughs) And then you can follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Bechtelcast. And then on Facebook as well, just type in Bechtelcast. And if you don't know how to spell it, because a lot of people are like, hey, I tried to look you up and I don't know how to spell this damn word. Yeah. It's a B-E-C-H-D-E-L. And just check out Alison Bechtel's work because yes. it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's where you can find it. Should we, I guess, individually? Yeah, please do. Uh, you, you can find me on Twitter at Jamie Loftus Help or Instagram at Jamie Cry Superstar. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Caitlin Durante. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for course. coming on Thanks and for going on. I learned some new tests, and I think that that's really cool. Yeah. So many tests. I'm going to make my own. <laughs> but like you're a nerd. Like, learned so many new tests. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, Yay. But like, like you were saying, if you, they're all like basically common sense yeah. if you're a good writer. So just have common sense. And just right to the top of your intelligence. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I ask someone smarter than you. <laughs> I uh, do script notes professionally. So not to plug uh, No, Well, this is that, the part where you plug. Yeah, yeah. If you oh, ha- you should because we, I mean, if you actually are taking submissions, we have a ton of, you know, newer writers that yeah, we yeah. constantly hit us up. So. Oh my God, yeah. I uh, do, I'm a professional story analyst i give thorough notes and Ooh, uh yeah fine thank you so much i was so excited for yeah. all the resources <laughs> we give the people that listen to this podcast <laughs> i'm such a nerd but i like we had voice actors giving advice we've had we had xavier uh come on and 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 also take he's taking horror scripts that he'll read Amazing. and like oh man i'm so yeah, excited so, for uh, everybody. Hit, hit, hit me up at caitlin durante on twitter just you know so I don't know, tag me. I don't know how you 
slide into my DMs. I don't know how things work. Professionally. 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 You can just slide into my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason. Oh, man. I don't respond, but I do read them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how's it going? And you know it's your boy, if you wide away, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E on Twitter and Instagram. The Discord is discord.gg slash salt squad. And you can watch me on Twitch at ifds ifde easy on twitch we're getting it in uh and yeah also you know if you like clothes and you need them if you're listening to this and you're looking down and you're like all my clothes got holes in them you can go to t public we have a t public uh store with lots of nerdificent merch always add new stuff and we're like hitting you up with they, I don't know if you could tell, we've had uh, themed merch in there. We had the Captain Marvel merch for the Captain Marvel episode. We had Harley during the uh, Tara Strong uh, Harley Quinn episode. So just, uh, you know, peep it. Yeah, it's tpublic.com slash nerdificent. I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez. If you're going to WonderCon, I will also be there. On Friday, I have a panel with Arise Wanzer, who was on our show. Also, Chris Lamb, who has a, uh, he's going to be on one of our future shows. It's uh, LGBT and minority hosts, How to Break Through. I know that we kind of did an episode on that. So then you can hear even more if you're interested in becoming a host. That's at 4 p.m. Um, I'm going to tweet out all of this. And then Saturday, I'm on the Most Dangerous Women panel with some killer women that I love. And that is at 11 a.m. So if you're at WonderCon, come and say hi to me. I'm come very, do it. I'm very, very You're so approachable. <laughs> and like we always say, stay nerdy. Stay nerdy, y'all. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.